of the great ironies for business owners is that we all think or feel what is really holding me back is unique to me. We say or think things like, nobody can understand what I'm going through. Meanwhile, we're all saying and feeling this exact same thought. Being comfortable with the fact that others have had the same obstacles and overcame them is often helpful in giving us the confidence to get past our own hangups so we can make real progress. In this three-part series, I'm going to share with you the most common fears I see holding people back, so hopefully you won't feel like you're the only one who feels them. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So today, I just want to say, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I would I would really recommend that you stop this episode and go to listen to episode 93 from last week first, then come back to this one. This is not going to be nearly as helpful to jump in the middle of this three-part series as it would be to invest a few more minutes to get the whole picture. So uh, before we get too far today, let me just take a moment to tell you that the next open enrollment for my group coaching program is coming up in February 2023. This group is for you if you if you want to be guided along the path of knowing which problems to solve to make the most amount of progress based on where your business is today, both for me as well as other business owners in the group who have faced and overcome the exact same problems you're facing today. As you know, we tackle problems relating to people, processes, profitability, planning, and personal developments. Yep, that's a lot of P's, I know. Open enrollment only happens three times a year, so if you miss this one, you'll have to wait until summer to join again. As prices for everything else continues to rise, the price for this membership will likely go up after this enrollment period as well. Your pricing is locked in for life at the price you join, so by joining now, you'll get the best possible lifetime pricing. One-on-one coaching enrollment is always open, but the group uh, coaching program only opens enrollment when we transition from one major topic to another. In the spring, the group will be talking about topics like developing a compelling marketing message, which will be more and more of a pressing issue as we as demand for our service drops. Dealing with employee issues that leads to saying or thinking things like, why do I have to keep telling them the same thing over and over again? Why have I told them a hundred times they still don't get it? So reach out today if you want me to add you to the waiting list so you're sure not to miss this open enrollment window. Just find my service industry success Facebook business page and send me a DM on there that says wait list and I'll know exactly what you mean. You can also book a, a no stress complimentary appointment via my website, serviceindustrysuccess.com to ask questions and see if this program is a good fit for you. All right, so let's dive into some more of the fears. This is part two of our three-part series. Today, we're going to get into some of the more selfish fears. Now, I never promised this was going to be an easy conversation, so I understand that there might be some trepidation about this. But remember, listen, we all have versions of these. Having them does not make us bad people. It merely makes us human. So let's give ourselves some grace. And then let's move on to holding ourselves accountable to face and overcome these fears. So we're not going to overreact and beat ourselves up. And we're not going to overreact by completely giving ourselves a pass and throwing our hands up and saying, well, I'm just human. And I'm just going to move on to the next thing without really addressing these fears. Neither of those are what I would call productive. 
So the first one we're going to talk about today is a reluctance to adopt a better way of doing something, even one that will make my life a lot easier because it was not my idea. Sometimes you'll hear me refer to this as prioritizing being right over being successful. And it's driven, as you can guess, largely by ego. (laughs) And I understand this because for introverted, task-oriented people like me, being right is our default driver. So if you live or work with someone who's an introverted, task-oriented person, we are driven by being right. So it's scary to give up being right, which is our primary driver, and it's scary to give that up even in exchange for success. Now, hey, I never said these fears were going to be reasonable when you break them down and, and pencil them out. I just said that they were common. A close cousin to the ego-driven, if I get help, I won't get to be right fear is I'm afraid of giving up control and I'm not willing to trust anyone, including my employees. If I trust my employees, they might let me down and therefore I'm putting the stability of my future, my baby, this company, all of my employees' futures in the hands of someone else. Like, why don't you just ask me to give them control of raising my kids or keeping my marriage intact or paying my bills so I have a place to live? And hey, let's make sure that they secure my spot in the afterlife while we're at it. For me personally, as a, as a typical Gen Xer, I had learned my whole life that if I wanted something, it was up to me and me alone to get it. Folks like me feel safe when we are relying upon ourselves to get things done. Because I'm in control of me and I have a proven track record of being reliable and producing desirable results, I can be trusted. That's not necessarily true of others I've previously relied on. I feel most safe speaking for people who are going through this, not just myself, I feel most safe when I can trust that I am in charge of getting something done. If I am in charge of getting this thing done, I can feel safe that this thing will in fact get done. Oh, and by the way, it'll get done how I want. (laughs) Now, the reason this exists is because, you know, it serves us well. You know, many of us go through life like figuring out that, hey, it's, it's on me. And for me personally, Brian, that served me well as, 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 you know, it served me well also right up until it didn't serve me well anymore. And one day I found myself seeing super clearly I could continue to be right and or maintain control or I could attain higher levels of success and freedom. The choice was mine and mine alone to make. I could retain control. I could retain being the person who got to have the good ideas and I could, and I could retain being the person who got to be right in how we do things, and I could lead us right off a cliff. And the choice was mine. And it became crystal clear at a certain point where that was no longer the best strategy. The company could not grow if I was not willing to give up some control and if I wasn't willing to let other folks be right. Now, for someone like me, who has a strong reputation of being stubborn, this took me a while to accept and overcome. And once I did, my success ceiling raised considerably. <laughs> Newsflash, when you get help from people who have successfully done what you want to do, it's easier and faster than bumbling your way through it. And now looking back, it's like, well, duh. Yes, I'm aware how comical this sounds now. This sounds now. However, in the moment, it wasn't all that comical. This is a, these are deep-seated drivers for us that we have You know, we've talked about the four different quadrants. Some folks like me are driven by being right. Some are driven by being liked. Some are being uh, driven by being recognized. And others are driven by winning. Those are generally the four kinds of, if you've done any kind of 
you know, personality assessment and you've broken it down on introvert versus extrovert and task versus people, you get those four quadrants and those are the drivers that we need to be aware of. So I know it sounds funny. And when you put it in extreme, uh, you know, um, context or looking back at, at, as you know, many of us do and go, well, yeah, that was a really stupid way to do that. And all of a sudden I figured it out and my life got a lot easier. Well, duh. I, and I get it. I get it's comical, but in the moment, these are real fears and making fun of it now uh, may or may not be making it easier for folks listening to, to understand that these are, these are common fears and they're, they're rooted in deep, truly motivating drivers. Um, but for me, it was, you know, once I figured it out and once I, I came down to literally that decision, like I can continue to have control, I can continue to be right, or I can be successful. And I can have the kind of success that I say that I want. And once I made that decision, um, you know, next thing you know, I'm working three days a week, you know, and my feeling that my business owns me like went away, you know, for the most part. So um, for folks who are having this kind of struggle, do I want control or do I want freedom that, you know, we, we will someday get to a point. It always happens. We'll someday get to a point where we say, if I truly want freedom, I have to give up control. There's just no way around that. So, um, this is a big fear until it's not. And one day it's like, we just figure out what's the worst that could happen. If they break something, we'll fix it and we'll move on. All right. So yet another, but similar version of this is just plain old fashioned fear of change. Change is not within my control or is unknown. The unknown certainly is not within my control. My not being in control does not have a track record of producing results I like or that I can trust. Getting results I don't like or that I don't trust is bad. Therefore, change is bad. That's kind of how that, how that process breaks down. While it's a little different from ego and control, it's close enough that we don't really need to dive into that one too deep. It's a separate but very, very similar issue. If you suffer from this, you already know you suffer from it and you have known for some time. This is not a, a reasonable approach. I think any of us who have ever experienced this kind of change is bad. You know, change is not my, in my control. You know, we worry about the future. No, we don't worry about the future. We worry about our lack of control of the future. We worry about the unknownness of the future. That's what we worry about. So, um, does it make sense to have this fear? No, not necessarily. Like every day is a change. Life is all about change. Of course, it doesn't make sense. That doesn't mean it's not a compelling, a compelling fear. So for many extroverts, moving on now, who are driven by, again, some are driven by recognition. Those who are people, people are driven by recognition. Extroverts who are task-oriented are, are driven off, uh, oftentimes by winning. For those kinds of folks, one of the fears is giving up this this recognition of, of being the smartest, most talented person in the company. It feels really good to be the smartest, most talented go-to person in the company. Simple explanation of this could be prioritizing personal recognition over the team success or prioritizing personally winning over the company or team success. I've talked to you guys before about a guy I worked for one day. He would absolutely tell you I worked for him. Uh, he came from an industry. This is different than the guy I talked about last week, but um, this guy came to a blue collar industry from a white collar industry. He very much looked down upon the people that he worked with as, as, um, not being worthy. And he absolutely prioritized him winning personally over those people. Cause he just didn't value them. That's really the, the truth of it. And, um, that was not, I got to see firsthand, 
uh, how devastating that was to the the team. People really began. It was not. It was amazing how nobody ever really talked about it, but everybody knew exactly what was going on. Everybody understood precisely that he just prioritized winning personally over the team's success. And uh, it was again, it was detrimental, but it it's easy for me to criticize uh, from the outside. We all have these things. We his his, ver- his version is different than mine. Mine is no less dangerous or no mess no less. Um, uh, hard for people around me to work with. They're all equally difficult and they're all real fears, you know, again. So even though uh, my teaching the team to make solid decisions will give me the ability to step away from work and enjoy time doing what I want outside the company and doing things I love like travel and spending time with my family and pursuing hobbies and whatever, even though teaching the team grants me all that, to do so would require me giving up the recognition as being the go-to person who has the knowledge, skills, and abilities to solve all the problems. If everyone can, can make solid decisions and everyone has the knowledge to solve problems, that will diminish how special I am. And I will have to share center stage, the trophy, and the spotlight with, with other people. And that attention, that center stage, that trophy, the spotlight is what I crave most. If we all win because we all have tremendous talent and knowledge, that's, this will diminish my personal contribution to winning. And if my role is diminished, I won't be as special and not being set special sucks. So again, super simplified way of saying it. This is a real thing though. For some of us, being center stage is the, the be all end all. For those of us who are driven by recognition, especially, um, this, is, this is tough. It's tough to, to give that up. You know, you build a company that's in, in, sometimes consciously, sometimes not consciously built around you. And, uh, and, and it feels, again, there's no, there's no getting around the fact that being the, the person who has all the answers feels good. And giving that up is really hard. Uh, a similar yet different version of craving the recognition and, the, and then having the, the desire to win is the imposter syndrome. And that sounds like this. If people only knew how out of control this business is, or how little I really know about running a business, aside from the revenue-producing tasks we do, people would be shocked. If they found out I'm just winging it half the time and don't have a solid grasp of what's going on, don't understand financials, don't understand how marketing works, don't even understand how payroll is done, I wouldn't appear to be nearly as impressive. Which, of course, would diminish how special I am by having this successful business or make it look like I've, I've gotten here just through luck or will make it appear that I'm not really deserving this, this success, or that I'm not all that talented or capable, or some other kind of diminishing thought. With a little luck, nobody will ever find out what a fraud I am. So if nothing else you hear today, understand this. Feeling like a fraud who's on the verge of being discovered at all times is very, very common. It largely stems from this unreasonable belief that we all seem to have, which if there's one thing I could like, drive out of people this would be this would be it maybe this unreasonable belief we all have which is that we should all just be born knowing everything there is to know about running a company i'm sorry that's just not realistic nobody not jp morgan not carnegie not henry ford not elon musk not jeff bezos were born with that kind of knowledge but a fear being unreasonable does not make it any less potent And many of us are afraid of being found out as being a fraud because we don't have this knowledge that somehow we believe we should have been born with. It does not work that way. I did not learn how to read financials at birth. I had to have somebody walk me through it many, many, many times. 
I did not understand how to manage people at birth. I had, <laughs> believe me, I had to walk through that for years. People had to show me, hey, dummy, quit doing it this way. That doesn't work. How are the results? They were terrible. Good. Quit doing it that way. Doesn't make it any less common for us to have this belief that we should already know this stuff and be afraid we're going to be found out as a fraud. All right. People-oriented introverts often suffer from strongly wanting to be liked over being successful. So I'll hear it manifested in ways like this. I know that for the dispatch department to gain greater, uh, greater success or more uh, you know, ability to work together, I need to address this one problematic employee's behavior, for example. But by doing so, I'll have to risk that person not liking me anymore or not liking me as much. And my fear of possibly not being liked, at least for now, is greater than my desire for the team to be able to work cohesively and move forward to be more successful. Now, again, just like the guy I talked about earlier, who had the really harmful leadership style of wanting to win personally over the team being successful, this one is no less harmful. We put the burden on our team to lessen our discomfort. We're prioritizing our needs over the team's. He might have done it to win. These people sometimes do it to, to feel liked. It's not any less harmful. Often our people will take that on, though, because the people who are prone to this avoiding conflict are generally really sweet, kind, likable, lovable people. But that doesn't make it okay. Eventually, our people will resent this, and the price we pay is greater in the end than taking on the discomfort in small, bite-sized chunks. People prone to this cannot see how the team's resentment builds and builds, and then one day it erupts, and employees stop taking on this burden of dealing with the discomfort of working with the problematic employee so the boss doesn't have to. They draw their line in the sand and they say things or think things like, this is not my burden to bear, or I don't get paid enough to do their job for them. And the house of cards comes crashing down. And the leader who is, has put this burden on the team goes home and tells their spouse something like, I don't know what the heck is going on. It's like they all lost their minds today. <laughs> and hopefully they have a better day tomorrow and it's going to pass. And they don't understand that this all has been building and building and building because they're prioritizing being liked and avoiding conflict so they don't have to risk not being liked anymore is putting that burden on other people and resentment will build. So for all the fears we must face and overcome, the way to do so is identifying which fear is holding us back. I think this is more productive based on my opinion or you know my experience, in my opinion, based on my experience, than the generic version we hear. Again, the FDR quote, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself, like this big nebulous thing, like you got to overcome fear and You'll go to conventions, you'll watch things on YouTube, and people talk about, don't let fear hold you back, and fear, fear, fear. Okay, well, but what is the fear? Taking on fear is this massive, huge, nebulous, un, you know, unquantifiable thing we don't really understand is more difficult than identifying which specific one is holding me back and working on just that one. I'm going to keep saying this over and over and over again because I believe it's that important. Identifying the specific fear we are facing is vital to give us a better understanding of how it came to be, how reasonable or unreasonable it is in many cases, and how to go about overcoming it. So again, the what, why, how approach works here. First, we identify the what. What specific fear must I face and overcome? Next, I need to identify what success will look like for me. Instead of being held back by this fear, what do I want? What does it look like to live free from that fear? Okay, well, what exactly does that look like for you or feel like for you? For me, in the case of overcoming my fear of giving up control, having the freedom and time to travel and spend time on sandy beaches in tropical locations like the Caribbean and Maui multiple times a year, I know that sounds silly, but specifically that's what worked for me. 
you know, I, I wanted to go travel those places and I wanted that more than I wanted to have control of my company. And I wanted to be right. That's really what it came down for me. I wanted to travel and have freedom more than I wanted control. This is how I would know I'd overcome my fear of giving up control to maintain control would mean I have to be at work all the time. So working less than five days a week and traveling to beautiful parts of the world five or six times a year was an indication that I had overcome that particular fear. I could see that. I could see it years in advance. I knew if I could do that, that would mean I'm not, I'm not owned by this fear of giving up control anymore. And what do you know, just a few years later, that became a reality. And then we got to ask ourselves the why. Like, what do I want so badly enough that I'll face and overcome this fear? Another version might be, what do I want to get rid of so badly that I'm willing to face and overcome this fear? In my case, is being owned by my business. I did not want to build a job where I had all this risk and liability and no freedom. Like if I'm going to have no freedom, I might just go get a job and punch out and relax when you go home. So basically it always comes down to what do I want badly enough to face and overcome this fear or what do I want and, and want to get rid of badly enough? If we don't know the answer, it's going to be much more difficult for us to face our fear. And in some cases it will downright be impossible. And then the how. I know which fear I must face. I know what success looks like. I know why I want to do this. What are the practical steps I need to put in place to get past it? Again, I've talked about maybe you go see a psychologist or a professional to get work through some deep-seated issues. Maybe you just surround yourself with people who are successful. Maybe you give up, you know, watching basketball on TV, whatever. You know, these are things that, that people have done that have helped them to, um, to successfully get over their fears and, uh, and to be able to, to face them. So that's it for this week. Next week, we're going to get into a few more of the most common fears I see holding business owners back. And hopefully this is helping you understand that you are not alone in having these. Just a reminder that our next open enrollment for my group coaching program is coming up in February 2023. This is the time to lock in your lifetime pricing before prices likely go up at the next enrollment period in the summertime. So reach out today if you want me to add you to the waiting list. So you're not going to miss that open enrollment window. Just find my Service Industry Success Facebook page and send me a DM on there that says waitlist. I'll know exactly what you're talking about. I'll get you taken care of. If you're um, listening today, which obviously you are, hit that subscribe button. And um, after you do that, share this podcast with a friend. I know you know somebody who's a friend or colleague who's a business owner or service industry, just like you are. Share this podcast with them. And uh, uh, after that, give us a rating review. There's three things you can do to help us grow this. Our goal is to help people, as many people as possible, learn the very practical things they need to be better and more successful business owners. So thank you for doing that. If you haven't had a chance yet, please do. And uh, that's it for this week. And I will see you all next week.